1: The Bible says in the book of Daniel, the king of the north will gain control of all the treasures of gold and silver. You may think your IRA is secure. You may think that gold you have here will get you through final days. It won't get you anywhere.
2: That is Pastor
1: Michael Tanko
2: and this is Reaching Your Heart. Pastor Mike's message is the conclusion to the Oath and the Open Book. It is a part of the Revelation series, and you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. The Oath and the Open Book. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, please call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Stay tuned at the end of today's broadcast. I'll have information on how you can attend the worship service in person if you would like. And here now is Pastor Michael Oxentenko with the conclusion to The Oath and the Open Book.
1: Church that turned its back on the Bible also brought God's people into captivity. During that time period, the King of the North was the symbolic name in Daniel for the leader of that church-state system that functions Antichrist. Daniel eleven thirty six. Then the King will do as he pleases. He will exalt and magnify himself above every god. Now that's the little horn of Daniel 8, 11 right there. And he will speak monstrous things against the God of gods. That's the little horn of Daniel seven twenty five. And he will prosper until the indignation is finished, for that which is decreed will be done. This king is identical, as I said, to the little horn of Daniel 8.11 and 7.25, because each of these are powers that are pictured as the Antichrist of the Middle Ages, attacking the work of God and Jesus. In Daniel 7.25, the little horn takes God's people into captivity for a time, times, and half a time, which is three and a half prophetic years, or 42 Prophetic months or 1,260 prophetic days? Now, we've already been through this before. 1,260 prophetic days means what? A day is a year. If you have 1,260 prophetic days, how many real years? 1,260 literal years. Now, how many of you think, well, that's a little strange. Where'd you come up with that, Pastor Mike? How many of you know Sir Isaac Newton? Raise your hand. Is Sir Isaac Newton a dummy? Yes or no? No. You know, there are many Christians today who think he's essentially a dummy. What I'm sharing with you, Sir Isaac Newton wrote about, and I'm in agreement with him, one of the great Bible students of history, of prophecy, he understood that a day is a year, the 1260 days, are 1260 years, I mean, I'm not, this is not new stuff, this was understood in the Middle Ages, the latter part of the Middle Ages, when, when Newton and others had, had simply kept the Christian faith consistently for centuries, so 1260 days means 1260 historical years, the little horn would persecute God's people and hold them in captivity for 1260 years. Now, 42 months is how many real years? Come on. Do the math. 12, 12, 12, 6. Three and a half. Bible math is not difficult. Okay, who had a ministry for three and a half real years? Jesus did. So 1260 prophetic years, which is the time, times, and dividing times, or 42 prophetic months, is a counterfeit Jesus ministry. So we we're to look to something in the Middle Ages that's taken the place of Jesus in the Christian church that's acting like it's Jesus, but it's not. That's what really is happening here. The little horn would persecute God's people, would look like Christ, but isn't Christ. Now, Daniel 1136, the angel tells Daniel that he will speak monstrous things against the God of gods. He will prosper until the indignation is finished, for that which is decreed will be done. In other words, he would have a theological impact on the knowledge of God in the Middle Ages. The word translated monstrous things is literally wonders in the Hebrew. He would speak wonders against the God of gods as if he is God during the captivity until the time of the end would come. I mean, so this is an amazing claim coming from within the Christian church prophesied by the book of Daniel. In Daniel 11.35 it says that his power would come to an end at the time of the end. So put it all together. Daniel sees the captivity of the Christian church in the Middle Ages by sword, flame, and captivity for many years or days. It's like the captivity that he himself experienced when he went to Babylon. He sees the abomination of desolation in Daniel eleven thirty one, 31 set up by armies in the Middle Ages, forcing the Christians of the Christian church into a captivity that would last over a thousand years. He sees God's people dying by sword, by flame, and plunder. He sees the church state king of the north system exalted over the God of God's claiming to have the power of God implied to forgive and to give grace, he sees this power taking the place of Jesus in the Christian church, and he knows that it has to go all the way to the time of the end. And Daniel's told that the wonders will stretch down to that time, the end of the indignation, the time of the end. And then in verse 40 of chapter 11, we have the time of the end. So in Daniel 12, 4, the angel tells Daniel that the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. The four angels and the book of Daniel would act like a smart bomb with a timer on it. It would go off when this power comes down at the time of the end to change the course of history, to save the Christian church, to bring God's people out of the medieval captivity, explosive truth for the time of the end. And so the angel asks the question of Jesus, the man clothed in linen, standing on the waters. He says, how long will it be until the end of these wonders? Now the wonders are described in Daniel 1136. It's what the king is doing during the 1260 years. How long until this time period is over and we have the restoration of God's truth? How long until the captivity comes to end? How long until the four angels are loosed? How long until the book of Daniel is unsealed and understood? How long until the time of the end? When men and women can turn to God again and they'll be free to do so. How long until the power that breaks the power of God's people is broken? The answer comes in verse 7 the man in linen who was above the waters of the stream raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven, and I heard him swear by him who lives forever and ever that it would be for a time, two times, and half a time, and that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things would be accomplished. In Revelation 12:6, John sees the Christian church, the extension of the heavenly Jerusalem, After the ascension of Jesus, the woman fleeing into the wilderness for 1,260 days. Very clearly predicted here. Then the woman fled into the wilderness, Revelation 12, 6, where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there for how many days? What does it say? 1,260 days. And then he says the same thing in verse 14, but he substitutes the expression 1,260 days for the time that we're looking at right here in Daniel 12, 7. He says it again in a slightly different way. But the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to the place where she is to be nourished for a time, times, and half a time. The three and a half years, the time, times, and half a times is the same thing as 1260 days. And so we find that the church's power is broken in Daniel 12, 7 during this time period. In the book of Revelation, the church is on the run. Christ has ascended to heaven, and then the devil goes after the church, and he tries to take it out in the Middle Ages. The church got beat up in the Middle Ages. The locust scourge, as we saw in the fifth trumpet, tried to blot out the Bible in the Counter-Reformation. Priests and prelates took the place of Jesus. The Protestant reformers surrendered to the role of simply being theologians instead of being ministers of the Word of God. Tradition supplanted the simple and clear Word of God in the teaching of the Bible. Philosophy stood in judgment of Scripture. You know, I am not impressed with people who stand in the desk and they use philosophy to take the place of God's Word. Friend, when you stand the judgment day, it won't matter what Immanuel Kant thought. It won't matter what Thomas Aquinas thought. It won't matter what Demosthenes and the other great Greek philosophers thought. You know what matters? What Jesus thinks. And it matters what you do with what Jesus teaches you in your personal life. And so philosophy stood in judgment on scripture. And theologians replaced Bible preachers and godly teachers. And the practical word of God surrendered to pinhead theologians asking questions that really don't matter. The 1260 years of the time, times, and dividing of times started in the spring of 538 when the church state system in the Middle Ages was set up in principle and the siege of Rome lifted and the capital of the Roman Empire was given to the church in the spring of 538 and the Ostrogoths disbanded, barely an army. It was 1260 years later to the month when the French general Louis Alexandre Berthier, sent by Napoleon, the Directory of France, surrounded the city of Rome and the power of Rome was broken and taken away. It was reorganized under the authority of France. In the spring of 1798, Pius VI was taken captive. Rome was reorganized. He was taken to Valence, France, where he died because of the rigors of captivity. The 1,260 days or 1,260 years came to an end the spring of 1798, exactly 1,260 years to the month. I mean, God's timetable is extremely accurate. I've heard people say, well, this time prophecy doesn't make any sense. If you study history, it makes sense because the Bible gives us the bookends for this thing. It says the dragon gave the beast his throne, his capital. That's when the the 1,260 years starts. It says he would think to change times and law. We have a universal law in, enacted in 538, the Council of Orleans, commanding the observance of a day that violates the fourth commandment. So we have two indicators in the book of Daniel. The very event which turned the tide of the Middle Ages was prophesied in Revelation 13.10. The power that had taken over God's church in the medieval captivity went into captivity at the end of the 1260 years. The power that killed the servants of God at the stake by crusades on the rack of the Inquisition was itself brought down by the sword at the end of the 1260 years. Now Jesus had a three and a half year ministry, did he not? What happened at the end of his three and a half year ministry? Did he go straight to heaven or did he not die? Was he brought down? Then he gets resurrected. This power has a three-and-a-half-year counterfeit ministry. In the French Revolution, it comes down before it comes back at the end of time. And so we find that it replicates the experience of Christ as a kingdom structure in world history. In Revelation 13.5, we have the 42 months, which is another expression of the 1260-year prophecy. In Revelation 13.10, John gave us the event that brought the end of the 1260 years. If anyone is to be taken captive, to captivity he goes. If anyone slays with a sword, with a sword he must be slain. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. Those Christians who had died to hold the Bible high, those Christians who had died to hang on to the teaching of Christ, our righteousness, they saw the day when 1798 came, the hour, the day, the month, and the year, when this power came down and the world became a freer place to share Jesus and grow in the word of God. So the angel asked the question, Daniel twelve six, how long until the end of these wonders? And the answer is given, Daniel twelve seven. The man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream, raised his right hand, his left hand toward heaven, and I heard him swear by him who lives forever and ever. This is Jesus talking, that it would be for a time, two times and half a time, the twelve hundred and sixty years of the Middle Ages. That when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, in other words, when the persecutions end, all these things will be accomplished. The prophecy was fulfilled, as I said, in the year 1798. Based on Daniel 12, the book of Daniel was unsealed in the year 1798. The four angels were released in the year 1798. The power that had broken, the power of the Christian church was brought down in the year 1798. The French Revolution changed the world and ushered in the time of the end in the year 1798. And since the year 1798, we can say with confidence that we have been in the time of the end when the knowledge of the book of Daniel would greatly increase. Based on Daniel's time prophecy, we are expect the Christian church to leave the medieval captivity after 1798. We're also to expect the book of Daniel to be unsealed at that time. Daniel 12 is a prophecy, and Revelation 10 holds the fulfillment in history. The answer comes in the sixth trumpet. What will happen after 1798? What will happen when all these things occur? In Revelation 9, 14, the voice of Jesus from the four horns of the golden altar commands the four angels to be loosed. Well, who are these four angels? They are angels with messages for the world at the end of time. They are special forces that are designed to finish the work of God and to bring Jesus back to this world. In Revelation 9, 14, the voice of Jesus from the four horns of the golden altar overtakes the the work of Satan from the abyss in the fifth trumpet. And these four angels ride horses with power in their mouths. Just like Balaam's donkey that talked to a dumb prophet, the four angels' horses have mouths with power for an unreceptive world that is hard to hear. And then the mighty angel dressed in white that we saw in Daniel 12, who swore the oath in Daniel 12, he comes down from heaven to lead his people out of the captivity of the Middle Ages. It is a new exodus, a new exodus with an open book with the word of God.
2: Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxen tanko in today's Reaching Your Heart.
1: Revelation 10:1. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, wrapped in a cloud with a rainbow over his head. His face was like the sun, his legs like pillars of fire. He had a little scroll open in his hand, and he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. And he called out with a loud voice like a lion roaring when he called out. The seven thunders sounded. And when the seven thunders had sounded, I was about to write. But I heard a voice from heaven saying, seal up what the seven thunders have said and do not write it down. You know, this week I was sharing this with the kids over at the week of prayer at Weimar College. And one of them raised their hands and says, Pastor Mike, what did the seven thunders say? Have you ever wondered that? You haven't? Well, it shows you where the curiosity is. It's in California. He said, Pastor Mike, did the 7th anniversary? Here's my answer I don't know. Because they were shut up and sealed. And you can't talk about things that have been written down. So let's move on. The angel clothed in a white cloud looks a lot here like the man in linen who was staying on the waters. In fact, they're the same person here. Just like the man in linen in Daniel twelve seven. the angel has one foot on the waters. But here there's a contrast. He has another foot on the land because the message of the open book will contextually change the world at the time of the end. The mighty angel is wrapped in a cloud with legs like pillars of fire because God is leading his people out of the captivity in the Middle Ages. When did that pillar of fire and cloud show up for the very first time? It was in Egypt when God led his people out of Egypt through the wilderness all the way to the promised land. And so it's very clear here with this open book at the end of the Middle Ages after 1798, there is a calling out there is a new exodus god is leading his people out of the medieval captivity and the pattern is ancient egypt the mighty angel's face is like the sun in full strength now we have identified that in our study the sun symbolizes god's law and god's word and we know that this sun in revelation 116 shines in the face of jesus with full strength this angel with the open book is bringing men and women back to the bible In the fifth trumpet, the locust scourge blotted out the sun, and it darkened the air where angels fly at the Council of Trent. In the sixth trumpet, the mighty angel comes down from heaven, and the air is clear. His face shines like the sun. The locust who had blotted out the word of God cannot obscure the light in his face. The Bible is saying the time comes at the time of the end for men and women to see the word of God, the law of God, the open book, all together. And the angel with the open book of Daniel is Jesus in Revelation 10. Christ here is pictured restoring his law and the word of God at the end of the medieval captivity as he's leading his people out of the mess of the Middle Ages. Jesus is the man in linen in the book of Daniel. And Jesus is the mighty angel here. Friend, when Jesus leads you, you had better not resist his lead in your life. When he calls out to you with a voice of a lion, it's the voice of authority. In Revelation 5.5, 5, Christ is the lion of the tribe of Judah. The rainbow over his head is over the throne of God. It is the authority of God in Christ that is affecting the change in the Christian church. After 1798, it marks the end of the medieval captivity. In Daniel 12.7, the man in linen raised both hands. Here he raises one. Why? Because he holds the unsealed book of Daniel open in his left hand. Revelation 10.5. And the angel whom I saw standing on sea and land lifted up his right hand to heaven. He swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven was it is in it, the earth what is in it, the sea what is in it, that there should be no more delay. Literally in the Greek, chronos, uketa, time, no more. The end of a time chronology prophecy has been fulfilled. Connect the dots here a little bit with me. The angel who seals the book of Daniel is Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord is the Lord, the eternal son of God, who is God's special messenger from God, is the one who sealed the book of Daniel. He's the one who unseals it. Christ is the leader in the cloud after 1798, leading his people through the second great awakening out of the medieval captivity. The second great awakening will become what history calls the great advent awakening. The study of the book of Daniel will spark interest in the belief and study of the entire Bible. Christ is the one here restoring the light of the sun which means the word of God, the law of God so deeply needed in the church that has lost its way, the church of the Middle Ages. Christ is the one who speaks like a lion because he has authority to rule in the church through the word of God that has authority and it should have authority in the church. Christ is the one who holds the open book of Daniel because the spirit of prophecy in the book of Revelation is the testimony of Jesus. The words of Daniel the words of Jesus for the time of the end and Jesus is the one who swore the oath to heal the Christian church after 1798 And Christ is the one who leads it in the pillar of fire and cloud out of the mess of the middle ages in Revelation 10, there's a new exodus in Christianity at the end of the Middle Ages. You know, you can't stay in captivity and go home to glory. You can't stay in Babylon and go to the promised land. And so the angel is leading God's people out. A movement led by Jesus Christ with an open book of Daniel in its hand that has the full word of God, that believes in the law of God, that is Christ-centered. That message and that movement will change the world according to Daniel, Revelation 10. The angel stands on the sea and the land, meaning the message goes everywhere at the time of the end. Revelation ten seven. But in the days of the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh angel, the mystery of God, as he announced to his servants, the prophets should be fulfilled. The mystery of God is the mystery of the kingdom of God manifest in the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Luke 8, 10, Jesus told his disciples that it isn't for them. That means the people at large to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. It's for the disciples. In Ephesians 3.6, Paul told us that the mystery of the kingdom is the mystery of the gospel of how Jews and Gentiles are one family, one multi-ethnic community that share the promise through faith in Jesus Christ. Who would have thought in the Old Testament that God wanted to save the Gentile world? Who would have thought he wanted to save the barbarians of northern Africa? Who would have thought he cared about the people beyond the islands of the sea? The gospel is for the whosoever of John 3.16. The Greek word translated announced in Revelation 10.7 is the Greek word for gospel. As a result of the unsealed book of Daniel, Christ is saying the gospel goes to the world. There are voices today in our church saying you can forget about this Daniel Revelation prophecy stuff, leave the beast behind, and let them go. Just preach Jesus. That sounds cute. Their voice is not the voice of Jesus. It sounds like the locust scourge of the fifth trumpet to me. I see Christ with the open book of Daniel, unifying truth, leading people into the Bible, letting the captives of the Middle Ages go free as he set them free at the beginning of his ministry. In Daniel 12, 7, Jesus swore an oath that he would rebuild his church when its power was broken after the Middle Ages. He promised he would bring it back with angels and clear words and the open book of Daniel to ignite the world in love and service to take the gospel to the world. He promised he would rebuild his church at the time of the end with a call to return to the Bible and to leave the medieval captivity. Friend, today is the day. You need to get in your Bible and start studying And let the books of Daniel and Revelation speak to you. And don't listen to people who say you can't get it. Friend, open your heart and open your mind to the voice of Jesus. Let the mighty angel in linen who stands upon the waters speak to you. Don't shut him down. Let him calm your troubled sea. Because we're living in a time when the waves are, are roaring, when winds are contrary. Let the man on the waters who knows the future calm your troubled sea with the truth of Jesus in Bible prophecy. Let the testament of Jesus be that for you. Friend, Jesus, in his Olivet Discourse, affirmed the truth of the oath and the open book of Daniel 12. Before he died, he went back to the book of Daniel. He let us know that it matters for the time of the end. I just want to read these words from Jesus with you. Matthew twenty four ten, And many will fall away. And betray one another and hate one another. This is the Middle Ages. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because wickedness, in the Greek reads, and because lawlessness is multiplied, most men's love will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. I mean, let that sink in. The one who endures to the end will be saved. That's the language of certainty. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So when you see the desolating sacrilege spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. That will conclude
2: the Oath and the Open Book. Today's Reaching Your Heart, a part of the Revelation series. Remember, you can find it at reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. And thank you so much for listening today to Reaching Your Heart. We would really love for you to be a part of our worship service. It's held every Saturday at 11 o'clock. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road